Hello, I'm Maria Tichizian. I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of December 1. In the news. After a long break, Armenia and Azerbaijani Border Delimitation Commissions meet and pick up discussions. Following the September 19 Azerbaijani attack on Artsakh, 16 people are in Azerbaijani custody, including eight Artsakh state officials. Armenia and Saudi Arabia sign a protocol on the establishment of diplomatic relations, and trucks loaded with Armenian-made products are stranded for days at the Lars border crossing before being turned back. Russia says the products did not pass quality inspection. Yesterday, the fifth meeting of the Border Delimitation Commissions of Armenia and Azerbaijan took place near the Ijevan and Khazakh section of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. The Armenian side was represented by Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigoryan and the Azerbaijani side by Shahin Mustafayev, uh, Azerbaijani Deputy Prime Minister. Armenia's foreign ministry reported that the parties continued the discussion of border delimitation issues and addressed a number of organizational and procedural issues. The parties have preliminarily agreed on the text of the working procedure for the Commission on Demarcation and Border Security of the state border between the two countries. The parties also agreed to arrange a date and place of the next meeting of the commissions. On November 28, Alain Simonian, Speaker of the National Assembly of Armenia, while answering questions by reporters, said that Armenia always sees the potential of a new escalation with Azerbaijan. He added that there is no agreement on a meeting of the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan. Simonian also said that Armenia fully recognizes the territorial integrity of Azerbaijan, including Nagorno-Karabakh. He went on to say that Armenia will discuss the issue of the rights of the Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians within the framework of the peace treaty with Azerbaijan. A peace treaty that we keep hearing about. about. But he went on to uh, answer a number of questions by reporters, including uh, about the enclaves. And this is something that Azerbaijan is now pushing about Azerbaijani enclaves within Armenia. Simonia said that there are no legal grounds or legal documents regarding these so-called enclaves. He added that during the Soviet times, there was no question of what belonged to whom, and really that those maps are um, quite inarticulate, if you will. But if there is a necessity, he said, both sides need to return each other's enclaves. And he mentioned Arzvashen, which is a, a larger Armenian village that is now in Azerbaijani territory. Um, and he said that, you know, no one disputes that it belongs to Armenia. Uh, he said, but I'm sure that we will find a solution to that issue as well. Well, we know that Artsvashen is the largest enclave and mm-hmm. it's almost like the, the size of all the Azerbaijani enclaves in right. Armenia. And from our articles, Maria, I keep remembering this thing that the Soviet authorities kept changing maps, like giving this little hill to this country and the other one to the other without even declaring it. So generally for the public, this information, these little changes were not even made, uh, were not known. Mm-hmm. So is, we're dealing yeah. with the repercussions right now. On November 29, in Ankara, Tovio Klar, the EU special representative for the South Caucasus, discussed issues related to the peace process that we will be talking about <laughs> so much Endlessly. today, with no punchline basically <laughs> today, between Army and Azerbaijan. He tweeted later, issues of common interest between the EU and Turkey regarding the South Caucasus region were discussed in particular the peace process between Armenia and Azerbaijan and this is something we have to kind of like swallow. (laughs) Why is this being discussed in Turkey? Yeah.
Well, uh, the head of the investigative committee of Armenia, Argishti Karamyan, announced today that following the September 19 Azerbaijani attack on Artsakh and the subsequent ethnic cleansing, 16 people have been captured by Azerbaijan. Six of them are servicemen, 10 are civilians. The number includes eight state officials of, of Artsakh, including Artsakh's three former presidents and a number of military uh, personnel as well. Azerbaijan has confirmed holding only nine out of the 16 that Karamyan uh, announced today. And this is a new number for us. Maria. Yeah, we, we just heard about, about the 16. We only knew about the eight so mm-hmm. far. Well, Sirano Sahakian, the Armenian POW's representative at the European Court of Human Rights, announced yesterday that, according to official data, 55 Armenians are currently being held in Baku. This number also includes POWs and captives from the 2020-44 day war. According to Sahakian, there are, uh, in fact... 80 Armenian captives, but Azerbaijan has confirmed only 55. And this week, representatives of the International Committee of the Red Cross visited uh, the Armenian captives in Baku. According to Zara Mutuni, Armenia's ICRC spokesperson, the reps met with the detainees. They were acquainted with their treatment and the conditions under which they're being held, and they also helped them to contact their family members. The ICRC representatives also visited the two Azerbaijani detainees in Armenia who uh, were convicted for murder. One uh, is serving 11 years and the other is serving 20 years. On November 29, Armenia's foreign minister, Arad Mirzoen, held a meeting with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The meeting was held in Skopje on the sidelines of the OSCE Ministerial Council. The sides touched upon the developments of the normalization process. Mirzoen noted that despite Azerbaijan's non-constructive attitude, the Armenian side sent to Azerbaijan the proposals regarding the draft peace agreement in line with the well-known principles, and in case of a clear commitment by Azerbaijan, it will be possible to achieve significant process in this direction, he said. During that meeting, Mirzoyan and Blinken also touched upon regional programs, including Armenia's proposal called the Crossroads of Peace, um, developed again by Armenia and a number of other matters regarding their bilateral agenda. Also in Skopje, Armenia's foreign minister had a meeting with EU's high representative, Joseph Borrell, during the meeting issues of expanding the Armenia EU partnership agenda were discussed. The sides elaborated on the existing perspectives and efforts undertaken to further bring Armenia closer to the EU and ensure tangible results for citizens. The foreign ministry readout noted that as a continuation of the meeting held in Granada in October, uh, Armenia's foreign affairs minister and the EU high representative discussed security issues in the South Caucasus. Mirzoyan emphasized the importance of diplomatic efforts aimed at deterring any aspirations toward the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Armenia, implementing regional inclusive programs and establishing lasting stability in this context. Mirzoyan also presented the Crossroads of Peace program. And yesterday, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jerum Bayramov, during the same OSCE ministerial conference, stated that Baku firmly believes in the historical possibility of peaceful coexistence between Azerbaijan and Armenia. He said, despite the devastation and unhealed wounds, it was Azerbaijan that initiated the process of normalization of interstate relations with Armenia. He noted that Baku is clearly committed to peace, although the process is delayed. I don't know how they're committed to peace, but let's take him for his word. Bayramov also complained that it took Armenia more than two and a half months to finally submit its comments on the draft agreement. The biased and one-sided actions of some parties seriously affect the process, he said. And he went on to note that Armenia should realize that the path to peace 
is through bilateral dialogue and normal relations with its neighbors, neighbors who ethnically cleanse them. But it's our fault because he went on to blame Armenia for the annexation of Arsakh. He said that Arsakh authorities were informed about the anti-terrorist measures that Azerbaijan implemented against the background of not withdrawing the armed forces of Armenia from the territory of Azerbaijan. Bayramov insisted that there was no violence against civilians in Karabakh, and Armenia and the separatist regime are responsible for the departure of Armenians yeah, from the region. There's a special level of delusional um in, in, in the words that they are using. And it's maddening to think that they really believe people believe what they're saying, but maybe there are people who believe them. On the sidelines of that same OSC ministerial conference, Mirzoyan also met with Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. Mirzoyan reiterated to his Russian counterpart the position of the Armenian side regarding Russia's policy and steps on topics of bilateral and uh, regional agendas. Well, uh, Mirzoyan also held meetings with NATO Secretary General, Special Representative for the Caucasus and Central Asia, Javier Colomina, Malta's Minister of Foreign Affairs, European Affairs and Trade, the head of the Federal Department of Foreign Affairs of the Swiss and other state officials. On November 27, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken had uh, two telephone conversations, one with Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev. During his conversation with Pashinyan, Blinken reaffirmed U.S. support for Armenia's sovereignty and territory integrity. He also expressed support for efforts to reach a durable and dignified peace agreement between the two countries. The sides also discussed issues relating to the agenda, again, of regional and bilateral relations. In his conversation with Aliyev, Blinken noted recent points of concern in the relationship and also this is the relationship between the U.S. and Azerbaijan and also spoke about opportunities to strengthen cooperation, especially around the peace process and the importance of high-level engagements. The secretary welcomed President Aliyev's commitment to conclude a durable and dignified peace agreement between Azerbaijan and Armenia. Well, according to reports by Azerbaijani media, Aliyev stated that the recent statements and actions by the U.S. have seriously damaged Azerbaijan-U.S. relations, calling Assistant Secretary O'Brien's statements biased. This is statements he made last week. Um, you know, very uh, clear-cut statements, a kind of warning Baku to you know, stand down. Down. The Azerbaijani side also mentioned that uh, Secretary Blinken has asked Aliyev to allow the visit of Secretary, Assistant Secretary James O'Brien in December to Azerbaijan. Aliyev has agreed to this proposal on the condition that after this visit, the groundless ban on the visits of Azerbaijani high officials to the U.S. will be lifted, which apparently Secretary Blinken has agreed to. Well, speaking about uh, O'Brien, uh, he spoke at an online press conference, the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs stated that the U.S. sees a real opportunity for Azerbaijan and Armenia to make peace. He went on to say that the U.S. is encouraged by the direct talks between the sides and expressed support for the possibility of a trade route that would flow from Central Asia through Azerbaijan and Armenia into Turkey, noting, however, that if the decision is made not to pursue that by peaceful means, then we, meaning America, would have to use whatever tools we could uh, to avoid having that kind of trade route created. O'Brien went on to praise Armenia's Prime Minister uh, Pashinyan's courage for making it clear that he wants Armenia to move forward in opening its borders and in opening its relations with the West, that it doesn't want Armenia to be wholly dependent on Russia in the way that previous leaders sought 
to have it be. O'Brien also welcomed the reforms that Pashinyan's government has made in the last few years. And the chorus from Kremlin <laughs> followed. Dmitry Peskov, Russian president's press secretary, said that a number of countries are still trying to destabilize the situation around Karabakh, and Russia is aware of their attempts to push Moscow out of the region. He stated that no one is able to play the role of a guarantor of peace and stability except for Russia. That's well, why we've been so peaceful and stable <laughs> for for the longest time. He went on to say that Russia awaits Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan at the upcoming CIS uh, informal summit that's going to take place in St. Petersburg at the end of December. Peskov added that at this moment, no phone call is scheduled to take place between uh, Putin and Pashinyan. Well, he said that Moscow considers Yerevan an ally and plans to further develop friendly bilateral relations. Armenia is a sovereign country. That's good that they recognize this and that uh, as a sovereign country, Armenia can de- develop bilateral relations with states it deems appropriate. Except the ones that they don't, don't. deem appropriate. Well, except the ones that are working against Russian presence in the region. We have our relations with Armenia and of course Armenia is a friendly country. It is our ally, he said. We will continue to develop alliance relations. Well, on November 27th, the defense ministers of Azerbaijan, Georgia, and Turkey met in Baku, where they discussed the prospects of defense cooperation, regional security, and other issues. The sides agreed to hold military exercises on cybersecurity in 2024. During that meeting, Turkey's defense minister urged Armenia to... Sorry, I I try not to giggle, but it's like... It's just this constant urging, right, Armenia to do what they think uh, Armenia should do. Um, Well, he urged Armenia to use the regional 3 plus 3 platform for normalizing its relations with Azerbaijan, highlighting that the countries of the region can solve their issues on their own, except he failed to mention that Georgia refuses to be part of that platform. So maybe he should say 3 plus 3 minus 1. Well... After the meeting, in response to questions, the Azerbaijan defense minister stated that attempts by countries outside the region to escalate the situation are unacceptable. This was the 10th meeting in this framework. The three defense ministers last met in Kars in February of this year. Now, uh, interesting developments, um, but expected ones. This week, there were reports that at the Lars checkpoint, trucks uh, loaded with Armenian-made preserves, fruits, vegetables, flowers, fish, and other types um, of food products were stuck for five days and were unable to cross the border um, before heading back to Armenia. Exporters claimed the move was uh, was a political decision by the Russian side due to the tense relations between the countries. After undergoing strict uh, quality controls, the trucks were not allowed to cross the border because of alleged violations. So there's, um, I'm going to try and pronounce it properly if I can, it's called Rosel Hoznadzor. This is the veterinarian and phytosanitary control service of the Russian Federation said that there was a sharp increase in the supply of products that were infested, pest infested products, they said, from Armenia and sent an official letter to Yerevan asking it to immediately take comprehensive measures to prevent shipments of infected products to Russia. This also applied to the cognac, I wonder. Well, <laughs> Armenia's economy minister, Vahang Keropian, said that they have initiated a discussion with Russian partners and noted that the allegations by Rosel Khoznazor are being uh, reviewed by relevant state bodies. The minister emphasized that the economic policy of Armenia is aimed at producing high standard products to export in var- various directions. Russia's share in Armenia's exports has increased significantly over the last two years. This is the only land road connecting Armenia to Russia, which passes through the Georgian-Russian 
Russian border through the upper Lars checkpoint in North Ossetia. The most common problem uh, with the we always hear every winter with the road closures uh, is usually because of heavy snowfall. However, at the moment, there are no reports of snowfalls. Uh, at the checkpoint, it's clear that this is a ploy by Russia to uh, exert pressure, uh, economic pressure on Armenia. Well, Armenia has been speaking about having alternative flotillas to use the sea to uh, mm -hmm. also access Russia to avoid the weather conditions. We'll <laughs> see when that happens because it's been in discussion for some time now. And in other news, and this is something that's been discussed locally quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, on November 30, during a government session, it was decided that the director and deputies of National Security Service in Armenia will be appointed and dismissed by the Prime Minister, not the President, as it was uh, mm -hmm. initially. Under the current regulations, the Director and of the Service is appointed and dismissed by the President on the recommendations of the Prime Minister. This will be sent to the National Assembly for discussion. So, so the discussion was that the Prime Minister is taking more power mm -hmm. away from the President that uh, already does not hold much uh, decision-making right, power. Right, right, right. Right. On September 24, Pashinyan received Bruno Kahl, the president of Germany's Foreign Intelligence Service. Issues related to sectoral cooperation between Armenia and Germany were discussed. They also exchanged thoughts on the processes taking place in, in our region. Other issues of mutual interest were also touched upon. And the sixth Armenia-UK strategic defense consultations were held in London this week. The Armenian delegation was led by Levon Ivazian, the head of the Defense Policy and International Cooperation that presented the security situation in Armenia and major ongoing reforms in the Armenian military. The 2023-2024 Armenian-UK defense cooperation plan was signed at uh, consultations by Ivazian and David Morgan, UK's defense policy director for Russia, Eastern Europe, and Central Asia, an agreement was reached to hold the next Armenia-UK strategic defense consultation in Yerevan. The sides discussed prospects of development of bilateral military cooperation. And also this week, uh, Armenian Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan received Ambassador Vasilis Marakos, the head of the European Union delegation in Armenia. During the meeting, a number of topics of the comprehensive and ambitious Armenia-EU partnership agenda were disclosed. Dis and, uh, were the, discussed. Right. The previous week, which we hadn't said last week, because um, the news that came out late was that Prime Minister Pashinyan had held meetings with the EU ambassador to Armenia and ambassadors of EU member states accredited in Armenia. This has been something that uh, he hasn't done quite often. So um, he did meet with them and spoke about the situation in the region. Also this week, from November 27 until 29, a delegation of European External Action Service and European Commission visited Armenia to explore possibilities to deepen and strengthen EU-Armenia relations in all dimensions, including under the EU-Armenia Comprehensive and Enhanced Partnership Agreement. The EU readout stated that both the EU and Armenia expressed uh, an interest to continue new cooperation on justice and police reform, strengthen collaboration on migration and mobility, and to explore options to possibly launch a visa liberalization dialogue with Armenia. It was also agreed to explore areas uh, that can strengthen cooperation between the EU's border and coast guard agency and Armenia. The meetings also confirmed mutual interest of the sides to further the dialogue and cooperation in areas of security and defense. The EU will, for instance, explore further non-lethal uh, support to the Armenian military via the European Peace Facility, which is interesting because they had initially uh, rejected 
uh, Armenia's uh, sort of appeal, but now it, it seems to be in, in part discussion of the conversation again. Yes. again yeah. Well, the statement also went on to say that the EU and Armenia inaugurated the EU Armenia Investment Coordination Platform, which brings together the EU, the government of Armenia, and international financial institutions, and will help further step up EU investments in Armenia under the Economic and Investment Plan, which already has mobilized close to 500 million euros in, in Armenia. On November 30, the European Parliament's Committee on Foreign Affairs adopted uh, the annual reports on the implementation of, okay, so they sound similar, but they're different, of the Common Security and Defense Policy and the implementation of the Common Foreign and Security Policy. The reports condemned Azerbaijan's aggressive policy, its pre-planned military attack against Nagorno-Karabakh. Well, the annual report on the implementation of the Common Security and Defense Policy asserted that the attack carried out by Azerbaijan cannot remain without consequences and called on the EU to impose sanctions on Azerbaijani authorities. It also called on the EU to suspend the Memorandum of Understanding on Energy and taking into account the recent events and the dramatic situation of human rights in Azerbaijan to stop the negotiations on a new partnership agreement with Azerbaijan. The report also applauded the establishment of the EU mission in Armenia and called on Azerbaijan to allow the deployment of the same mission on its territory and in Nagorno-Karabakh because, of course, the EUMA is here based on Armenia's invitation. Azerbaijan said, I'm not interested. But Azerbaijan said, we will tolerate we them will tolerate on, your, uh, on Armenian territory. The annual report on the implementation of the Common Foreign and Security Policy condemned Azerbaijan's pre-planned and unjustified attack against the Nagorno-Karabakh Armenians and demanded the protection of the Armenian cultural, historical, and religious heritage in Nagorno-Karabakh in accordance with UNESCO standards and Azerbaijan's international obligations. The reports reaffirmed support for Armenia's democratically elected government, its sovereignty and territorial integrity, as well as the country's commitment to the peace agenda and its ratification of the Rome Statute. And uh, in local news, on November 24, the last president of Arsakh, Samvel Shahramanian, was called for questioning by the Parliamentary Committee of the 44-Day War. After the questioning, the chairman of the commission, Andani Kocharyan, explained that they wanted to invite the former president of Arsakh, Aray Karutunyan, to the commission, as well as Jalal Harutunyan, who led the Arsakh Defense Army during the war. But since they are in prison in Baku, they have requested Shahramanian. Kocharyan added that that there were questions relating to the arrest of the eight former and current officials of Nagorno-Karabakh and how Sharamanian was able to move to Armenia unhindered. The committee asked questions about the gasoline explosion on September 26, which killed hundreds of people. And in other news, on November 25, Armenia and Saudi Arabia signed a protocol on the establishment of diplomatic relations. The document was signed in Abu Dhabi by Armenia's and Saudi Arabia's ambassadors to the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and as a reminder, Saudi Arabia was refusing to establish diplomatic relations with Armenia before because of the ongoing conflict with Azerbaijan, stating that as long as Azerbaijan's territorial integrity wasn't restored, the two countries couldn't have diplomatic relations. Well, now they do. On November 24, on the occasion of the UAE's 52nd Union Day, Armenia's Deputy Parliament Speaker, Hagop Arshagyan, stated that the protocol of cancellation of UAE visas for Armenian citizens is in the process of ratification and will come into force in the very near future. And Maria, this next one, I I had no idea that it was happening, that it happened. Apparently. That's the, 
Well, uh, and I don't know why it's a big deal, but Armenians usually mm-hmm. get very excited. It, yeah. Well, the Junior Eurovision Song Contest took place in France, and Armenia took third place. I didn't even know it was happening. I don't even know who Armenia's. What was the song? Have you heard the song? I don't no, even know who I, it was. I haven't either. Well, there we go. We learned something in this week's uh, week in <laughs> review. <laughs> And finally, the Armenian-made Hayasat-1 satellite will be launched into space today at 2100 Yerevan time, that's 9 p.m. here. In 2023, the Bazunk Space Research Laboratory developed the satellite, and on September 7, Armenia's high-tech industry received a license to operate in space. And this is the kind of week we've had here. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.